from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Sayez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. Ugh, and this is All My Fantasy Children. It is a storytelling, world-building, and collaborative character creation podcast where each episode, Jeff and I take your brilliant listener-submitted prompts, tiny little snippets of your brilliant wisdom and talent as a writer, and we take that little bit and we create the greatest story of all time every single episode. Ugh. That's right. We make Good Burger. This episode sponsored by Good Burger. Now on Paramount Plus. Good Burger 2. Now on Paramount Plus. So it's been a while since we recorded and it's because, hey listener, it's not because we've been busy and like life happens. It's because we've been doing a lot of sponsorship deals and this one is with Good Burger 2. I would love to tell you the plot of Good Burger 2. Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready. Good Burger 2 follows uh, the beloved franchise Burger Boys, Keenan and Kel, names pending in the movie. I don't want to spoil it for you. But as they journey on the way from becoming uh, uh, low-tier low corporate managers at Good Burger was the end of Good Burger 1 as they become managers of Good Burger. Good Burger 2 is they try to own their own franchise, and, and the rival company, Best Burger, tries to put them out of business, and Keenan and Kel have to put their, like, they have new protégés, like, they, they have the new, younger, they see themselves in the new employees, and sure. as managers, they're like, wow, we gotta teach these kids right, so that they can run their own company one day, and then wait, we should have a franchise, and so they're trying Trying to kind of fill out, like, you know, figure out where they want to be in this Good Burger world. I actually cannot tell if that's a bit or not, because that sounds like can. it might actually just be the plot of Good it's, Burger it's too. It's not a bad premise. If <laughs> Keenan and Kel were, like, teaching, like, their younger selves, like, these new kids, like, how to be the best employees of Good Burger... That'd be I'd be like, that's, I'd that, that sounds, I'd watch the, I'd kind of, I wouldn't watch it, but I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Uh, all right, let's go. God, well, it's been a while since we made this show, and that's great. <laughs> How do you feel? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good as well. Um, What has been getting you excited this week? Because we love to start uh, an episode with a light chat of what's getting you excited this week. Um, let's see. What's getting me excited this week is I have a package arriving tomorrow. Oh, what is it? Uh, I bought, I splurged. I wanted to get myself a nice gift for the holidays, so I splurged on pens. Oh, you capitalistic dog, you. You splurged I, on pens? I splurged on pens. <laughs> How could you? You're going you're gonna to get in trouble for this on the internet. That's fine. It is what it is. You're participating in capitalism, Jeff. It is what it is. I, <laughs> I accept this. <laughs> kidding what kind of pens you get those gels that you talked about on twitter no um i did i i asked for recommendations on twitter i did realize after the fact i got a couple recommendations for a particular brand of pen and then realized that i had been using one of those pens for a little while and really liked it all like i had just come across one of those pens and really yeah. liked it yeah, yeah, yeah so i was like oh i think this actually just might be the pen for me i love um that. i 
this is a difficult moment in my life. It is a moment of transition. I am parting ways with my beloved uh, Uniball Signo 207 Micro. Yeah. Um, they just don't have, no longer have the color options to match the amount of colors that I'm using to categorize the projects in my life. That is so impressive. That oh, That's a world I will never <laughs> understand, and I will always applaud. Um, so I have shifted <laughs> from the eight pack of the Signo Uniball, or the Uniball Signo 207, to I purchased uh fifteen Pentel Ener gel pens. Sorry, I'm googling that images because hey, listeners, I'm not in my booth anymore. I'm back at my motherfucking desk, so I can. Oh wait, Pilot, what is it? Pilot Pentel Pentel Energel RTX retractable. RTX retractable. That's the one. Oh oh, those are smexy. I too, those are beautiful. I've always loved that fat pen with a really mm-hmm. beautiful grip. The grip bought- on those is what it's all about. It's 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 so nice, and I'd been using. I had to come across a purple one, and I started using it, and was like, oh, this is actually really smooth and nice. So I bought fifteen of them so of the purple ink. No, I bought 15 different colors. Well, I bought oh. 14 colors and I bought two black because you use a black pen more than you use any of the other colors. So I figured having Facts. an extra black on hand would be helpful. Wow, these are nice. I love this. I'm you're making me buy are you are you shilling? I'm not shilling. This I'm is kidding. <laughs> there's no sponsorship here. I'm just excited. I need to- these so bad. Well, they have like, whoa, the big color pack. There's two different shades of purple. There's two different well, shades of purple. There's like a magenta. There's a twenty count. Holy shit! Uh, Listen, so I had to. I had to. I was. I would have bought. I would have bought the twenty pack had yeah. it been available at the store where I was looking. Instead, I bought fifteen. I had built my own fifteen pack. Whoa, Let me run how? You How'd you do that? Because I'm on the Bezos web- website. I went to right JetPens and they would sell. They'll sell you. They'll offer like individual pens so oh, i can tell fuck. you exactly what i ordered in just Listener, a second you came for this riveting motherfucking content go to jetpens.com right the fuck now and follow along here's don't what go I got. to the bezos website here's okay. the color here's the colors that i lined up okay. i've got red i've got orange i got yellow okay i have lime green and forest green because i needed two shades of green and their forest green is sexy it's a sexy green it's, it's a sexy good. dark green it's good mm-hmm. um i got three blues i got blue i got turquoise and i got navy blue so i've got like a sky blue a blue and a dark blue okay okay i got violet i got bright pink i got coral pink specifically because really, of the i didn't like the regular pink as much and then i got a brown a gray and then i like i said i got two black wow i went all in aaron i mean i i I was like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna treat myself to something, I'm gonna go hard on pens. <laughs> As you should. But you deserve that. You really fucking I, do. You deserve I nice do a pens. lot of project tracking in my like binder and a lot of like personal journaling and a lot of like marking down celebrations and stuff. And like yeah. I like to color code things by way of the projects. And I've got my colors matched out between my journal and my my task management board, my click up board. So like yeah. I've 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 color coded everything to match the from from one app to a, from one app to my journal. Uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling well, the energy. And I have to say, as someone who is not an organized uh, planner person with the color coding, and I wish I could be, it is like watching like a chef cook, and you're like, wow, what have I been doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I am amazed listening to this. So I'm happy that you have this. These are those little things in life that really do add up that when you do reach for that pen, you're like, I don't know, I kind of feel like using magenta today. You're going to say, I'm so fucking glad I did this. Yes. And it's going to feel great. Ugh. 
I love this for you. I feeling good. I'm excited. Right. Um, I splurged on myself for a holiday gift, and I bought myself a mic so that I can sit at my desk and record podcasts. We love and, it. And so it, this is a high listener. It's about treating yourself right. I was tired of sitting in that booth um, and looking at my tiny little monitor and stressing and things like that. Like, I can't sit. I don't have my screens in front of me in there. It's not the same. This, I just feel so comfortable. I feel like when I'm back in my old apartment, which was horrible, but the fact that I'm in my office and I have this mic in front of me, I'm in front of a keyboard. It just feels like we're making it. I can have fucking dice. Oh my God. Listeners, you're coming with me on this journey. My dice bag just sits on my desk. Oh my God, I can do this again, Jeff. You can do this. Oh my God. This is a big motherfucking deal. I haven't been able to roll dice. I moved seven months ago. Oh, so the, that's clearly what's getting me excited is sitting at my desk recording AMFC. It's been a while. Uh, and being able to just be comfy and in my element. Listener, if you got to do what you got to do to be comfortable and happy in this world, and if it's pens, if it's being able to sit at your desk, you fucking do it. Because it's worth every goddamn ounce of sweat and tears. It truly is. Live Whoa. the dream. Live, Dog live the dream. Six. Yeah, uh, viva Moss. What does Taco Bell say? Live Moss. Yeah, live fucking Moss, man. <laughs> Anywho, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, we take a listener prompt. We spin it into a character, a world detail, a legend. Uh, Aaron, do we got a prompt this week? We fucking do. I'm caught up in this. My I haven't opened my dice bag in... I can't even tell you when. Dinosaur D6. Holy fuck. Um, yeah, we do have a, <laughs> we have a prompt this week, and I'm super excited to get it. Let me just open it up on my computer. Prompt comes to us from our Discord. Gazer. Prompt. Deep in winter. The best thing to have is a hot cup of cocoa. Best place to get one is from Old Rock, capitalized. Cozy little town in the Ice Cap Mountains. So that prompt sets up a lot. It does. It does. It feels great. I'm excited. So the setting that we have is deep in winter, which feels appropriate because it snowed last night and a little bit today. Did it snow in Philly? It snowed a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, it didn't stick, but it was nice. It was nice to look out the window and see snow, you know. So in deep in winter, I agree with this prompt. They say the best thing to have is a cup of hot cocoa. And the best place to get one is from Old Rock, a cozy little town in the Ice Cap Mountains. So we have two things. We have the Ice Cap Mountains, our one location, and where our adventurer is, our, our character is starting, right? We have two, because the quest is therefore to get the uh, hot cocoa from Old Rock. Mm, mm -hmm, is that mm -hmm. it? What were you thinking? I was thinking. Like, I just kind of want to get to know this city. Like, I think is what of it Old is. Rock? I think this is like, this is like a room and rumor, and I kind of want to like, like suss out Ooh, like a rumor. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to walk around this place a little bit. Um, what do you want to start with first? The ice cap mountains. I think that might inform what Old Rock yeah. is like. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's talk through it. Okay, so what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the ice cap mountains? What is the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the ice cap mountains? A visual, a smell, a, a, a sight, you know, um, a taste, a temperature. That's a is great question. Cold? I think it's cold. Hmm. Yes, I think it's cold. But like, I want to ask you the question, what kind of cold is it? The ice cap mountains. I will say um, old rock is is it's in the ice cap mountains. So I want to say it's like it's up there, right? Like, is it is it nestled in, meaning an elevation on the ice cap mountains? That's what I, this is the visual I'm getting. Is I feel a good town about that. That feels good. Like, that feels good. 
you have to go up the mountain and then like maybe carved out of the ice cap mountains if they're made out of ice. You know, sure. is this an ice city? Is that Old Rock good. an ice city? And the base of the town is in an old rock, but the ice formed around the old rock to make mountains. So like, like the city is encased in ice, but the city itself is in like an, we'll call it an old rock. Like it's in say a big piece of like granite or something or whatever, insert rock geologists help me out. But then the ice cap mountains as like it got colder and colder and colder, maybe they just grew around this, uh, this, 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 this basically a mountain got encased in ice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, and the city okay. is carved into the mountain. Okay. Okay. Let me pitch you something. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about the doctor. Oh, okay. Jesus. Should I can, should I give a quick lore recap? Yeah, give us a lore recap. So, hi, listeners. Uh, the Nocturne is a historical event in the world of all my fantasy children, in which the elves who uh, uh, experience a cycle of high and low caused by the moon and just a natural occurrence, bringing them at periods of high as high tide, where you feel your strongest, your happiest, your brightest. Um, and it also cycles with low tide, where you're a little sickly, you're not feeling so happy, you're not feeling too great. Long ago, the leader of the elves, her name was Nymphaea Lachis, she was kind of the queen, uh, charmed the moon and caused it to freeze in the sky, like stop moving and listen to her song. She captivated the moon. And that caused it to block out the sun, basically caused an ice age on fantasy, huge calamity, moon crescent, the region where elves are from and originated, completely froze, complete disaster, lots of people uh, not alive anymore from that era, but it kind of changed the ecosystem, it changed the topography of Moon Crescent, and it changed history forever when uh, somebody named Arthur came and, and dueled Nymphaea, ending her, ending the Nocturne, the Ice Age, but nothing was the same afterward. It's like the 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 AMFC's big calamity moment. Anywho- so- what jumps out, what I'm thinking here, you threw out a phrasing that like that like really caught my attention. Okay. And I want to throw out an idea. You had mentioned you said like a mountain had become encased in ice. Yes. And we talk oh. about like the world has unfrozen post the nocturne. Yes. What if not all the world has unfrozen? I like that a lot. I do I I like so I do like this too because I is a lot of the times a lot of our stuff is from natural stuff. Imagine if it's like, you know, the world's encased in ice. The ice age like you think of uh, uh the polar ice caps kind of expanding like taking a big uh inhale and their lungs expanding. Like if you think of the map of the world, think of the ice age when that happened as the polar ice cap just kind of expanding like a set of lungs and then they rescinded mm-hmm. backward when they expelled all that cold air. That's how I like to think of it scientifically, which is whatever, it doesn't matter. I like to think of this would be like the North Pole's not gone, even though the Ice Age is over. Same thing with the Ice Cap Mountains. They stayed. Yeah. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah. That's like what though, I'm visualizing. Though the Ice yeah. Age ended a fantasy, some things remain. So this is like, it's because it's just, is it just that fucking cold? Or is the ice magical? Does a little of that magic linger in this ice? At a certain point, <laughs> you know, you, do, you know, I fell you know for your certain, trap. 
You know, at a certain point, you're doing it to yourself, Aaron. At a certain I, point, I, I know you are. You, you are. Know, Jeff, you, I'm like, just. I'm so in the moment that I'm just like I'm flying off the dome <laughs> so rapidly. So I'm not like thinking about is it gonna be both or not, and I'm just like playing off of your energy so well that like I'm just point, I'm not catching these. At a certain point, you're Wiley e. Coyote here. Is what it is, Aaron. It's because <laughs> like what I'm in thinking here is like what if. It's both. I like <laughs> gong gong gong. <laughs> what the first one of 2024. It is. It is. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New um, Year, everyone. I kind of like the idea of. I love the blending of magic and nature. Is what it is. I love the blending of the magic and the natural. I love the 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 blurring of those boundaries is kind of what I'm feeling a little is what I'm thinking a little bit. It's kind of our shit is like, oh, yeah, it's natural. It's science, but also magic. The idea that this magic, you know, spread across the world. But like the weather here was already so extreme that like it didn't take as much. Yeah. To yeah, freeze yeah. this mountain. And like. The magic that has melted much of the rest of the world, maybe it didn't have, maybe there wasn't enough in this, like, thunderbolt of magical power to free, to unfreeze this mountain. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like it's a mixture of whatever old rock is, you know, that's the, 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 the old rock that was encased in ice, the magic that's inherent in all things in our world blended with the magic that got applied from the nocturne created this perfect like almost like old rock likes the ice you know yeah. it could be like this perfect homeostasis that it finally reached or like a benefit like wearing a nice hat that you're like well i never want to take it off now that i've seen what i look like in this ice hat i never want to take it off like you know what i mean it, it basically it works with old rock so well that old rock basically was like well then this is the way it's going to be forever I yeah. feel like Old Rock, perhaps, the mountain, has been waiting to be cascaded in ice like throughout its entire history, and now it's complete as the ice cap mountains. You know? Maybe mm -hmm. it like enhanced the beauty of Old Rock, and now Old Rock looks complete. Sure. Love that. So it's the best place to get cocoa? <laughs> it's the best place to get cocoa. And why is that? Like, where, where, where are we moving on to now? So we know the history of the ice cap mountains in... How they got to be is this like beautiful, like uh, a tragedy happened, but one place kind of thrived and, you know, uh, grew as a result and became a better version of itself, um, you know, as a happenstance, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the best place to get a cup of hot cocoa. Is this... Is this the winter town in every RPG, JRPG, you know, like the ice town where it's like, oh, welcome, like Ice Galen in Final Fantasy VII, you know, very the cozy ice level, or is this something different? No, that feels pretty good. I like that. I'm trying to decide like what the, what I want, what I think the angle is here. I do kind of, I want, I want to lean into the magic, I think is, I is increasingly where I'm thinking is if we're, if we're, if we're laying into this, right, if we are, if we are, if we are delivering this or creating this sort of weird magical space, I think that we've got to lean into that. Like, what does it mean to set up shop in a place where this kind of like icy frozen magic has swarmed the world, like has okay. surrounded everything in your life? I have a thought then. And it, if we're leaning into this, like it, it favors the cold, you know, it, 
some places, some ecosystems like thrive in what we humans or meat creatures think of it as like uninhabitable frozen. That to me is old rock, you know? And when I think of old rock, I feel like before the nocturne, it was not a city. It was not a place. It was a fucking cave system in a mountain, naturally occurring, not great. But I feel like there were a group of people who fled the nocturne, you know, perhaps by going upward, thinking that, like, I don't know, hot air would be up higher, that you wouldn't have to experience the cold. And discovering old rock, perhaps it's a dormant volcano, perhaps it's just this perfect blend of a magic stone, this old rock, this type of stone that it is. When it got encased in ice, it became perfectly hospitable to support life and people. Maybe rivers began to flow inside of it. Maybe, you know, it provided food became, you know, uh, an easily obtained thing within it, but only once it was frozen. So the people who fled the Nocturne ended up in this cave, and then the Nocturne comes, shing, covers it in ice. It became kind of like, you know, this perfect baller, awesome hangout. Is that the vibe, or is it simpler? (sighs) I'm sitting with this for a minute. I'm seeing how I feel. I'm turning it over like a stone in my mind here, and I'm trying to decide if that's the if that feels like. How does that feel to you? What's your what's your what's your vibe here? It's not bad because it's the best place to get a cup of hot cocoa. So obviously, it's like super nice. Is it hard to get to? Is it is this a tourist attraction? Is this like a place where people go now? Is this a winter getaway for I... you know people who live in Moon Crescent? I want to play with that phrasing a little bit. I think okay. I think as I kind of sit with this, I kind of want to th- play I want to I want to what's the even the word? I want to play with the I want to play with the phrasing a little bit. Like Okay. What if it is that to me like and you can t- you can decide what you think this says about me as a person like or maybe I, maybe it's even just that I think it would be fun if this right like I think it's not so much that I read it this way that I read it very genuinely but like what if that's a little facetious what do you mean or a little playful in its in its in its in- implication or its intonation or its delivery a little bit like the fact that it's cozy is the facetious part what if it's kind of a I'm trying to even find the words to to throw a little mystery into it. What if it's a little bit of a comic understatement or a comic um like a comic observation? Like the best, the best place, place to get a, to get a, a cup of cocoa? cocoa is in this town. But like if you I'm trying to imagine like hearing that like kind of pops, pops into my head is like hearing that and laughing because LMAO, yeah, I bet. Oh, okay. Then I, I I love that like kind of very real world like uh uh also play if it has a history like the that what we just established. It is kind of funny that it's like, "Oh man, do you remember when we were living in old rock? Like maybe it's a place where no one lives anymore because it was out of necessity during the nocturne to live on the top of this fucking frozen mountain." So it's like, you know, deep in winter, you know the best place to Okay, here's my pitch for you. This is uh this is a play on that sarcasm almost. Not sarcasm, but yeah, sar- playfulness. A little a little bit of playful sarcasm is I think the okay. vibe. Deep in winter, the best thing to have is a cup of hot cocoa. The best place to get one is from Old Rock, cozy little town in the ice cap mountains. Perhaps to 
honor the events of the Nocturne, which are, you know, it's it's sad. It sucks. It's our big event that happened that sucks besides the Battle of Iron Hill, you know. Do people who are from there return to have a cup of hot cocoa and honor those who are gone? Is it mm. something like, because it says deep in winter, the best thing to have is a cup of hot cocoa. Is that it, where you go and you sit and you pay your respects to those who are no longer with us or who have been lost to the nocturne? Is it, or is it something that everybody does every winter to remind the elves of the nocturne or to be like, you know, we to pay tribute to something that was fucking brutal, do you get one from Old Rock, cozy little town in the ice cap mountains? Because yes, it would have been a humble domicile carved into a fucking mountain to take shelter from calamity. Is the best thing to do deep in winter is to have a cup, have a cup of hot cocoa with friends and family and really and look down from up there at all the beauty that is current modern moon crescent and go, Wow, people really did this. This this is something that happened. You know, like people is it that kind of vibe? Let me let me play with that vibe a little bit and throw throw you a suggestion to throw some gasoline on this fire. Okay. What if those people are wizards? Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking again about the magic here, right? Like this is a place that is so uh, that has like eldritch magic that the world largely doesn't contain anymore. Yeah, the last remnants of an apocalyptic piece of magic, the last piece of like the most uh, tormentous magic that has ever been conjured, and the idea that people go and congregate there, and the idea of people looking out and going like people lived here, like this was the consequences of magic, and we have our cocoa, we have us here, and we've gathered to remember this. What if this is a getaway for magic users specifically? What if this is a place where magic users go to gather in a place where they are surrounded by magic in its most, you know, uh, dangerous form? And they gather like it is a for lack of a better way to put it. What if this is Jen Astral's like wizard wizard school reunion of like we get together once a year and we look out at what at the 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 effects that magic could cause. Okay. And it becomes a little I bit of a it. school reunion, but it's also a sense of like, hey, don't forget why we're fucking why don't forget like what we're playing with and what can go wrong. I love this being a a an educational experience for for wizards and magic because everybody got magic and fantasy but not everybody channels it into what we call like spell you know tra traditional magic of like you know cure three you know that kind of bullshit yeah. so i love this being part of what is essentially charles xavier's school for young people you know gen astral school or just wizards in training wizards who have graduated wizards who are powerful wizards who are weak wizard vans magic wielders once a year in winter go to this place to be reminded of like y'all we we can't we have to be responsible and even if you are being responsible you know you've been you've been you haven't been dealing with fucking wild unpredictable chaotic magic all year you've been pretty responsible throwing your lightning bolts it's still a good reminder to also look down and see people and like you know remind yourself of like wow this is a lot of responsibility being a you know you're essentially what we're talking about is capital a adventurers who are doing this responsibly now and reminding themselves of an era where it's like y'all we used to fuck around until we mm -hmm. found 
out. And I and I, I like this being a place where people can re- literally resonate with the ice, the magic that's still within this ice because it never melted. I feel like being near the ice cap mountains, like up there on old rock, you feel like the hums of old magic. You you hear the the music of the nocturne, probably like mm-hmm. trapped in that ice. You you see go- I f- I see it as very like you see ghosts. You hear conversations of that era. Okay, I I would like it to be that going there as a wizard. It's almost like going to a museum, but it's real, where you get to witness conversations of magic users of that era, of the Nocturne. You hear Nymphaeolacus being like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn this song. Like, I'm going to play it. I'm going to, my harp is going to ring out into the heavens. And you hear the people begging her, like, please don't reconsider. You know, I I, I don't think this is right. You you see these images play out and you, you hear the cries of the Nocturne, the people suffering. You see these things and it's challenging and it sucks. But it's like an important reminder to anybody willing to basically tamper with magic because, you know, some people use it to like make a pair of shoes. But if you're using it to like summon magical creatures to fight evil, you know, you are you're tampering. You're you're poking mm-hmm. the bear a little bit. It's 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 essentially a responsible scientist convention. Yeah. You know, and I fuck with this a lot. I, I like, like this. this a lot. And it's it's where you get a cup of hot cocoa and everybody settles in and they're like, all right, we're going to leave Old Rock and we're going to go up to the Ice Cap Mountains. Is everybody ready? And you, every year, like you don't see the same shit. You don't hear the same conversations. You learn more every fucking year you go about the people who came before you, the the most powerful human like beings on this planet, the conversations that they had regarding magic, and you hear the conversations of capital A adventurers of this era being like, we need to melt it. Well, you know, all of these things. And they were all kind of wrong. And it's yeah. it's it's neat. I like this. I like this. I a think it's lot. a good energy. This is a good vibe. It is a very good fucking vibe. Can I give you a fun image that at the end of the kind of um pilgrimage adventure, you know, up to the Ice Cap Mountains, what happens every year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wizards, because when they go, the ice is at its thickest. It's at its most concentrated, right? It's beautiful. It's reflective, literally, figuratively. Um, <laughs> they project the story of the nocturne and the five jeweled crown, almost like a laser light show, almost like a firework show, to reflect off of the ice and into the sky for people to watch. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Where it's like, you know, because we always talk about like history is important in fantasy, even if it's hard to know because the world is so old. So we have like, you know, we have the fun bots, our lovable sentient little robots being like, I have the story of Iron Hill. But it's also something where it's I am enjoying what a wizard is more and more in fantasy just from this episode alone, where it is this sort of society of people who pay homage to this uh, um, art form of channeling your bringing your willpower and making giving it shape. You know, yeah, I yeah, enjoy yeah. that very much. And so this idea that people want to 
share the history of the world in any way they can. This is like, this is the history of magic, y'all. This is what we used to do back in the, even before Lumina, uh, Nymphaea was in her tower, like, you know, that Riptide of Shadows episode where there was an archmage up there, like, fucking around. He found out. Like, there's a lot of, every year there's a different piece of history about magic that is projected off of this mountain and into the sky for everyone to see. Yeah. I like that. I think and that's people really sit cool. on their picnic blankets and they sip hot cocoa and you watch the show. And it's hard sometimes, but I feel like at the end, there's always a message of like triumph, but like, but we survived because of it's the theme of AMFC because we clung to each other and we cared for each other and we weren't, we don't seek power anymore. We seek to protect each other. I like this. I like this. And I, this gives me an idea of like another thing I want to kind of build on. Okay. What is this space in like, I guess my what I'm thinking about is like what this space is for the rest of the year. What oh. is this space? What is the Ice Cap Mountains when no one when they're not the gathering place for this large, this large space? I don't know. I have a th- well, I have a thought and it's uh, something that's kind of cooking uh, a little bit. That's kind of a I'm, I'm a little excited about it. Gimme. What if this is the place where you go? What if this is this is the place you go for desperate research? Uh, like desperate desperate magic research. Yeah, like you know, like wizards after you have um after you have left the school, you've been out in the world, you have like you're you've explored this world, like you're you're out in the world, and there is something that you need to do. Something like this is this is sort of like imagine if you would the idea that like imagine. You are a wizard. I am in real life. I am. So okay. I know. I'm this here. is I'm why it's you. easy for you to I'm, imagine. I'm with you. <laughs> imagine you are a wizard and like a friend of yours has gone missing or like has, you know, I mean, like there's that, that, that's imagine that scene in any movie where like somebody yeah. is like desperate and they've got the conspiracy board and then their friend shows up and they're like, I knew you would be here. Okay. Like this, the Ice Cap Mountains are a mythic place where wizards go when they need to research, research that, when they need to research at their most desperate, Hmm. is what I want to propose. What do you think about that? Hmm. Okay, why, here's why I really like it, now that things clicked into gear. The reason why it is that it is a common meeting ground for wizards at the end of their rope who might be desperate and seeking new forms of power or new spells or new diving into new forms of magic and developing it because magic in our world is like it comes from you it comes you can pull from nature you know it comes from a lot of things so it's a personal thing to come to the ice cap mountains and connect with this ancient all powerful magic from essentially like a living god is to connect with the common thread through all wizards especially the one that caused the nocturne is desperation nymphaea caused this calamity out of desperation she couldn't figure out a way to stop the high and low tide of elves. It's like, sure. why do elves have to suffer? This is fucking bullshit. Why did sure. Aaron and Jeff write this? And so <laughs> it was this idea of like, then fuck it. I'll, I'll literally pull the moon from the fucking sky and block out the goddamn sun and stop the ocean. It's like, woo, that sounds fucking desperate and an absolute gamble. Fuck. Then it's like, yes, this is where I feel like wizards go, though. 
when you feel you are entering that space of desperation, you go to the ice cap mountains to recenter and 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 get in touch with someone who who unfortunately did succumb to that gamble, that that pull to go further, go further, fuck it, fuck it, YOLO, essentially. You know, it's it's a place to center you and remind you of the the cut the consequences. And I think it's it's it, there's two things I think that like are very cool about that are very cool about that vibe. I think it is a mixture of like this is where you go to be reminded of this is what can happen, this is what can happen, but perhaps. And because like here's here's my build here's my build that makes it a little bit horrifying. We have said that like people's perceptions of ghosts, effectively, ghosts being echoes from the echoes from the ley line, echoes from beyond of like what a person was in life, and that people's perception of that person can color the the person that they see that ghost becoming. Yes. And we have said that people's emotions can color that, right? Like if you see someone as a great person, if you see someone as a monster, they become a little bit of a monster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because there's a difference between like – because it's two different things in our world where it's like your true essence, who you are, the the essence, the the mark that you leave on the world will not come – that's what will come back, not you. Right. Like not Aaron. It'll be – the world's kind of perception of me and the mark I truly left on the world, what I really left behind, that my legacy is what can come, we'll call it come back or project and, you know, be be visible by people. Yeah. So, like, what I'm imagining here is if you are so desperate that you travel to a place that is haunted by the magic of this apocalyptic moment. Perhaps the voices and the ghosts of this place are of that moment where Nymphaea Lacus is saying, like, I think I could do this. I think I could conjure this. And perhaps that ghost of Nymphaea Lacus, not the ghost, not the, not the, not the Nymphaea Lacus that was, but the Nymphaea Lacus that a desperate magician, a desperate wizard yes. would envision, acts as a sort of almost devil's advocate advisor. Okay. Like the ghost of Nephalacus that haunts this place is not the ghost that would haunt other places, which I think is also a cool ghost detail that we can play that we can talk through a little bit of like different different ghosts of like there can be different ghosts of the same person that People embody different places. Exactly. And a aspects of a person are gonna appear different in different places, and the aspect of Nymphalacus is the aspect that was like Oh, I can fix this. I could change the world. Like, I can do this thing and I can make it better. And so can you. Like, you can also do this. Mm. And so, like, there is a sense of, like, if you come to here, the ghost of this, the this this particular ghost of Nymphaea might whisper in your ear, I think you could do this. And might even help you understand your the magic, the spell that you're casting and, like, work with you on developing it and understanding it because you are, like in this place where this magic is taking this eldritch form. I I enjoy this. I enjoy this. It, it it helps feed into our world's rules of like magic is chaotic and unpredictable. Like yeah, that sucks that that happens, but like, you know, that sometimes you know, like okay, for perfect example, another one, if the ghost of King Arthur, our goofball lovable, you know, he's now dead, king of the land of Iron Hill, were to come back to some people, in some situations, it would be like, oh, I'm cracking jokes and giving people noogies. But 
the one that came to Moon Crescent with murderous intent to kill Nymphaeolacus in a duel would be a much different person when they manifest into the world. You know, when that aspect of them took shape or took, you know, whatever became, because I imagine, so here's how I want to justify why the Nymphaeolacus ghost is like present in here. You and I said a long time ago that geysers and bodies of water mist off of a lake is the energy of the ley lines bubbling up through groundwater coming up through that lake. And that's why around bodies of water early morning, late at night is most likely time for you to see ghosts because they exist on the steam. They exist on the mist that's bubbling up from geysers and underground. You know, this is... In those morning moments when the or when the sun is hottest in the day and that ice is melting, little chips of that ice break off. And that from that, like, you know, have you ever seen uh the the mist off of ice? Yeah. Off of that is what Nymphaeolacus takes shape in this form of being what is, you know, the trope of the wizard possessed, you know, uh, at at her, you know, music score, constantly adjusting the song, applying magic to each note, you know, the sun moving in the sky and the moon coming up, like days passing and passing and passing. That's the person that we're seeing here. And so if you come here with desperation, you are going to get help if you want it from that wizard possessed with who had way too much power and it sucks but it's also fucking cool where if you wanted to learn that spell that you shouldn't you know i don't fucking blood magic you know whatever you go there and you fucking and you and what ask or you know what does this react to you know what i mean i I think it reacts to the work itself is kind of what I'm envisioning. Let me paint the scene here a little bit. Okay. This is what I'm envisioning. A a wizard arrives here in this space. They are working on something. They are working on a spell. They are working on a spell with tremendous capabilities, but that if it goes wrong could create a vortex that would that would, you know, swallow them and much of the universe whole. Like it is a it is a it is an all or nothing type John. As they are working and scratching out um, diagrams and going like, this has to be it. This has to be it. I'm putting everything on this one moment. Suddenly over their shoulder, it's just like, well, you didn't, you forgot to carry the one there. Okay. And it's like, you're not trying to stop me. And they turn around and it's the ghost of Nymphaeolacus. Like you, 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 you've got to make sure that your calculations are perfect. Okay. And it's like, well, you're not trying. Why aren't you trying to stop me? It's like, because I think that you can do it. I I understand where you're coming from, and I think if you want to do this, that you can make this happen. You just have to have it be perfect. Can I give, not a a twist, not even a twist, just put a bow on this to make it a nice thematic about the episode? The ice of the Ice Cap Mountains is very blue, very beautiful, very reflective. Nymphaea doesn't see you. The ghost of Nymphaea Lacus doesn't see you. She thinks it's her. She sees the the hungry wizard in you. And so mm. she's like, we can finish this. Yes. Add the one. Oh my God, we did it. As if it's, she's seeing herself in you and that, that uh, unchained determination and, and searching, asking questions that you should not and looking for power that you should not wield. That's kind of resonating off of you. And that's why the ghost comes to you. Because she's seeing herself in you. And hopefully yeah. you look at yourself 
in these mountains and you do not see her in your reflection. I love that. Because that would mean that you are making the exact same mistakes. So people do go there looking. I don't think a single person has left that mountain with the spell complete. Because every time they're visited, it's this chill up your back of like, oh my God, I'm I'm that. I'm I'm becoming oh my god, I'm becoming the the What's like a cool nick nickname for an infant, like a historical nickname? You know what I mean, like the, the icebreaker, yeah. you know, something like that. Hmm. Hmm. Because she blocked out the sun, she charmed the moon, she froze the world. She's a bard. The frost whaler. Ooh, that's it. Where it's like everybody leaves, being like, "I will not become the frost whaler. I will not." I, I can't. And it's and it's a shitty way of seeing Nymphalicus. But history is history. You know, you fucking, you fucked up. Um, I, is that, does that work for you? I or like if, that. I really like that. I think that's, and I think that's kind of what the, I think that like, if someone were to come and find you here, right? Like they might, that like that might be what the confrontation is. Is like, they bring you a glass of Coke, you know, they arrive here, they bring you a glass of cocoa to remind you of the, the wizard convention. And they say, like, this is the best this is the best place for a cup of cocoa. Yeah. This is not the best place for what you are doing here. Yeah. What is what this place is good for is having a cup of cocoa with people that you care about and sitting and relaxing. It is not for the thing that you are doing in this moment. I think a phrase in the wizard community is like the more ghosts you see up there, the more the more of the story that unfolds. The more she is seeing in you, the more you are giving to her that you are the same. But if you surround yourself with people who are really here, who are who are who care about you when you go up there, you will not make the same mistakes. So it's about like bringing your community there. If you're feeling like this, do not go up there alone. Surround yourself with your community instead of going alone. It's going to be tough. You know, but if you have your support system up there with you, you will not make those same mistakes. I like that. I really like that. I think it's great. Fuck. Because I like it. I always want to keep the story of our world like honest, where it's like, yeah, it's a historical figure who did a bad. We know her. We know the truth. And we know this character really well. And we, we like her a lot. She's cool, complicated. Everybody else would be like, dog, she fucking froze my grandma. Like, Big fucking yeah. bummer. Boo. Boo. Frost whaler. Like, you know, you fucking, you know. So I like this idea that we will. It's this. It's the common theme that you had said once where we will not go back to the age of the five jewel crown and how people truly adhere to that by clinging to each other, by helping it's, each other out. We we have each other. And that is what that is what we can. That is what we can. Uh, that is what we can rely on. I love that. Damn. Is that a wrap? I think that might be a wrap. Is there anything else that you want to explore? Do we end a little early today? Um, well, um, are we rolling on tables? Oh, do we have? No, I don't. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I was like, we don't have. <laughs> what? I was it like, turns out this turns out this place also a sucker for a pretty face. I will. Okay. So a detail that I do want to add, though, is the ghosts of the five jeweled crown, the well, the who's dead? Arthur, Nymphaea, Lumina's not dead. Uh, the machine Luna's god's out there not, in the co- out there in the cosmos. Yeah, the machine god is not dead. We haven't said. And then the fifth is oh, Sprout Russell's, Russell's is, is dead. 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 So Sprout Russell's is dead, but Sprout Russell's also died happy. Yeah. <laughs> so what I will say though is the three that are dead in all parts of the world 
there are these folk, these myths and legends, and um, what do you call them? Uh, what's that movie about horror stories? Uh, urban legends. Remember <laughs> that movie? Anyway, there are urban legends about these ghosts that they're like trying to teach you something or show you something, and it's them in different forms. Because they left yeah. such an impact on the world, they kind of remain in like these their their essence was so strong, they like they cling to life essentially. And like it's basically the ley lines, they can't hold them. They're strong as fuck. They're in there, but I feel like they can bubble to the surface more. And all over the world, it's like, oh, have you heard the tale of the gardener? The gardener comes when you've lost someone. And you know, when you get back to your home, no matter what form that home takes a bouquet of flowers or a beautiful array of flowers will spring up. And that's the gardener wishing you well on like, that's the gardener letting you know that they're taking care of them in the world beyond. And that would yeah. be Sprout Brussels. Like, you know, Arthur would be someone who it's like before a battle, uh, before you face your fears and you, you enter, you know, the, the unfortunate, sad carnage of combat, you know, you are visited by the leader and the leader places a hand on your shoulder and walks in front of you so that you can follow in their example. And it's like, oh, well, some people say that's art. You know what I mean? Is it that yeah. kind of energy with these characters? Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's dope. Because I think that, like, they are larger than life beings. Yes. And the idea that they kind of, like, echo in the world also kind of gives some retroactive explanation for, like, why they are, like, so relevant yes. decades. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they are still a part of people's lives, and a big part of that is that they kind of show up sometimes. Yeah, it is It is the closest thing that I would like to get to gods, kind of, are these uh, essences of essentially gods that were real once that still affect your life at times. Like, if you, like, there's the, the artist would be like, you know, Nymphaea in another form would be this being that, you know, comes to you when you need to express yourself in a way and like helps basically be like your muse almost like sort of like an elevated form of Barney Bargast. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? How Barney Bargast like visits you and helps you like out a little bit. This yeah. is the same kind of ghost thing as Barney Bargast, but these are beings with the ability to like shape your life, your reality, touch you, like feel you because of their level of scope where like Nymphaea might be able to come visit you and, you know, help you work through certain feelings through art, you know, might guide your hand, some might say, you know, I don't know. If you can think yeah, of something think better, great. listener, send it in. <laughs> but that's that's kind of where I like them living, where it's sort of people learn from their example and learn about the vastness of these larger than life figures with the world literally placed on their shoulders. And they learn from their example in real time from experiencing the vast multitudes of these people. And it's a lesson in compassion. It's a lesson in understanding. It's a lesson in reality of like, wow, they were pretty fucked up too. Wow. They had some, wow. They, they killed people. They went to fucking war. You know, they, they did some shit and it's a, it's a level of understanding these larger than life figures that I feel like I enjoy. And that's why they're modern fantasy, what we call it, where everything's like optimistic is so palpable mm -hmm. and clung to because it's like, yeah, we'll never go back to that because I'm still seeing this motherfucker, you know, <laughs> I'm still occasionally being visited by these, be they're just every, they're not everyday occurrences, but they are still 
prominent figures in the world. Yeah. I fuck with it. I think it's great. I think that's cool. Oof, is that a wrap? I think that's a wrap. All right. Damn, that was a good one. We got there. We got there. I I really like that this is the place that Deep in Winter, thank you so much for your prompt, Gazzer. Deep in Winter, the best thing to have is a cup of hot cocoa. Best place to get one is from Old Rock. Cozy little town on the Ice Cap Mountains. That certainly went some fucking places, but I like, excuse me, and just burped, I will not edit it out, um, where ghosts have kind of led because it, it still ties into Barney Vargas and all that good stuff that we've mentioned before where like you can get visited, you know, and yeah. it, it can have a palpable effect on your life. Um, damn. If you'd like to submit a prompt to our little podcast that could, uh, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Jeff, what are they anymore? My God, I can't. I honestly don't know. You can tweet at us at AMFC <laughs> underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children for as long as that's still a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, you can email us at all my fantasy children or swiftwind says at gmail.com. You can send them to us on Tumblr at allmyfantasychildren.tumblr.com, or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Yeah. Oh, God, it's good to make this show again. I swear I love it, it so good. much. Feels it feels good. good, you know? Um, Jeff, you have another show. I How? do. How? How I've, do I've you d- do it? Barely is the answer <laughs> to that question. The answer to that question is barely. Feel that. Um, <laughs> I... I have a show called Party of One. It's an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every week at partyofonepodcast.com. Damn. All My Fantasy Children is so proud to be a part of the Moonshot Podcast Network because wacky dacky do. let's go to the moon. <laughs> oh, Moonshot! That is the unofficial wow, jingle. It. Um, it's a it's a podcast network where creators can make experimental ideas. You know, learn the trade of making podcasts. We do cool shit. We hang out with our friends, and we make and we we make the world. We make the art that we want to be making in the world. Yeah, damn right, and it's sick, and I love it. So go to moonshotpodcast.com and check out a lot of the other shows and a lot of the other streams. Catch a stream when you can. Catch a fundraiser. There's a lot of really dope people that if you dig our energy, you're going to dig the moonshot energy. Um, Verbal hug this week. We love to leave you with a verbal hug, which is something we need to hear. We've been thinking about what's been bubbling up in our brain that we want to pass those savings along to you so that you know, oh, wow, they're thinking the same kind of shit as me. Oh, I can I ask you a quick one too. You can yeah. you can tack this on or tie in. What's your New Year's resolution? I've got a lot of them. Yeah, um, guess that hit me. I make I, you know what it is actually. This is one of my resolutions. I have a lot of things. I think like the I'll talk about resolutions and then give my verbal hug a little bit. Like, but like I'm trying to, I am trying to like plan further ahead. Is the answer to the is the answer to that first question? Like okay. I'm trying to aim further down the road. Like I want to i made like i as much as i know that it won't come true and that's kind of you know uh part and parcel with with uh especially on an individual level doing something like this like visualizing a five-year plan and like actually being like where do i want to go where do i want my work to be in five years like what do i want to be working on in five years how do i want to relate to the work in five years and trying to like actually go beyond just I want to finish this X thing and think like how do I relate to the work as a whole how do I relate to the work as a practice and I think you know as I talk through it I think like don't forget that 
It's easy to get focused on on individual things. It's easy to get focused on the object. It's easy to get focused on the on the one finish line of I have completed X. You know, I have done X. But like, don't forget that your work, whether no matter what form that takes, is also a practice. And to like check in with how you relate to your work as a practice on an ongoing level and what it gives to you in that capacity, because I think that that is often something that we overlook when we zero in too closely on, I got to get this podcast done. I got to get this episode done. I got to get this book written. I got to get this game out the door. I got to get this Kickstarter launched. Like, how does the work, the practice of your art relate to you as a person? That is, is my damn think, good. take time to think about that because I think that we lose that often as we as we work we as, really we, as do. we focus on things. We really do. Mine, uh, my resolution was uh, it's kind of like a two parter. One is to cut out the noise in twenty twenty four, and that means like really focusing in on myself a lot and trying to cut out the things that don't make me happy. Um, and the second part of that that ties in is the using the power of no. And it's because I did not respect my time or energy in 2023. And I said yes to fucking everything. And I experienced true like, oh, burnout. Well, but like really I was doing like I got offered, for example, uh, at, at my survival job, a, ra- a pay raise, but it came with more hours. I was doing for pretty much q most of q3 and four like 50 hour weeks and banging out like five auditions a week and most of them are like for three characters that plus trying to make amfc feeling the stress about making amfc and then trying to go to cons and be present at them while balancing my personal life is way too much and so i'm trying to devolve like divert a lot of my energy into just voiceover into just this podcast exactly where i want it to go is this i'm gonna you know be a little more selective of where my energy goes um, and cut out a lot of that noise because I was not happy doing a lot, but I was not happy or satisfied. And be- and the things that do make me happy are voiceover, AMFC, and seeing friends at conventions, not like grinding and network. Blah, blah, like, no, not that's it was it did not work for me last year. And so I'm trying to cut out the noise and take care of myself and put focus into the things that make me happy. That's why I'm so happy to be sitting at my desk, comfortable, happy making this show. I love where my auditions are at so far. It's only, what, the 7th of January? But I, it's nice to focus on your work in the aspects that make you creatively fulfilled, satisfied, not the ones that you're like, I really should do this. It would be good for me in the long run, but it's going to make me fucking miserable. Don't do that. Cut out that noise. Do what makes you happy. Focus on the things that make you creatively fulfilled. And if that's beating inscription in a day like I did yesterday, I felt really creatively fucking filled up for today's recording for beating that game in a fucking day like an absolute mad lad. How I, I never use that, but I didn't know what to say. And I had read it on Twitter today. Mad lad. Anyway, um, that's my verbal hug is take care of yourselves, but in a way that you can say fucking no to shit. I like that. Say no to, <laughs> say, say no to things. Say like, no to things. Like your time yourself- is valuable, dog. Give yourself the the ability to say no to stuff sometimes. Yes, like that is for fucking real because it just means that you don't value your time and other people, guess what? They will take that shit and run you ragged, motherfucker. Anywho, on a positive note, I'm very happy to be making this show again. (laughs) I'm very happy. That's all we do on this podcast. This was a banger. 
This was a banger, uh, but I believe that is all we do here. So until next time, good night and good, good game. game. Junior Wizards, Senior Wizard Aaron here for a new segment I'm calling Fleshing Out Fantasy. We have a lot of episodes. You you know it. The number is getting pretty high. And we've mentioned things in passing a long time ago that like Jeff and I will remember, sometimes just me, that I would like to revisit to kind of uh, hammer out some deeds. So this week, it's adventurers. How the fuck do they form parties? So long ago, we've mentioned several times, the age of adventuring in fantasy is when we had people doing Dungeons & Dragons-esque adventures, like dungeon diving, you know, looking for loot, looking for glory, killing dragons just for funsies, that kind of stuff. And while it still exists in fantasy, it's like frowned upon, you know? So now, adventurers, uh, uh, you have your quests, you have your things to fight, you know, keeping people safe, blah, 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 typical shit. But a big gig that is very accessible to adventurers, which is a title, is ship work. And what that means is that's a hilarious way of phrasing it that I didn't think about before I said it. But what that means is working on ships because there are so many fucking sea monsters in fantasy that traveling on a boat is dangerous. You're probably going to encounter at least one. And the people who can fight a sea monster are adventurers, people with cool powers, magic, you know, rogue abilities, dope shit. And so a bard is always on a boat. You need one. You got to have one to charm it if you want. But if the charming doesn't work, if the bard goes down, if the bard is unsuccessful, you're throwing hands and you need fucking adventurers to fight that kraken, for example. And so a dock in most, in almost all fantasy places, takes the place of that very cliche actual play tavern. You all meet in a tavern, and you see a wizard in the corner, and you see a rogue in the corner, and you see a cleric in the corner, and they all have the same goal. The same, that in our world would be the dock, where everybody has their LFG flag up like it's an MMO, so everybody there is pretty much an adventurer or a merchant. You know, there's people just hanging, playing music, but Bards are, for example, playing background music to advertise their services of take me on your crew. I'm a really amazing bard. Hear my sick magical tune and feel the amazing magical effects. There are cool adventurers caught in plate mail, sitting in plate mail, looking buff, looking tanky, flexing on people to show off. It's where it's basically one of those hubs in an MMO where everybody has their LFG flag on telling everyone I am looking for party. Please hire me. So one that I'd like to talk about real quick is the port town of Frost Draft in the region of Moon Crescent. And I wrote this. So if it sounds eloquent, no, it's because I wrote it beforehand. Frost Draft. Whether you're ending your adventure or looking for a group, it is a place known for new beginnings. All are welcome here, and all may stay for as long as they like. A quick history of the town, it was not always a town. Initially, it was just one woman who lived in a house on the coast by herself with her dogs in the middle of nowhere, had a pretty sizable dock that she loved to fish off of every waking moment. One day... A ship of wounded adventurers who had just narrowly escaped a sea monster encounter crashed their vessel into her fishing pier. The woman rescued the unconscious crew, took them to her small home, and nursed them back to health. To repay for her incredible kindness, the party of adventurers repaired her dock and built a lighthouse on the hill so that such a disaster would never happen again. 
As the adventurers sailed off, one stayed behind and started a new life on the coast, building a home and a dock of their own. For generations, the lighthouse would warn passing ships of the coastline, but also welcome visitors. As vessels docked and parties disbanded, and they did, some adventurers would stay behind to begin anew in this ever-growing community of former adventurers and a lady on a dock. This pattern continued for some time until the port town of Frostdraft was born, named, of course, after that heroic woman, Laura Frostdraft, who opened her home to those in need. And ever since then, Frostdraft has been a bustling adventurer hub. It is the, are you on a level one adventure? You're going to Frostdraft because there are gigs of all kinds that you can get. High level, low level, mid level, things that are casual, like escorting a ferry, like for a, you know, a couple hours to cross the planet on my boat because we're looking for a legendary artifact adventurers. There are moon crescent, there are moon crescent archaeology ships who comb the ocean for lost relics. We talked about that in, I think, Pascal Fathom's 200 episodes episodes ago. But basically, docks are where you go if you want to make a party. And there are always adventurers there looking for new adventures to go on and new people to help, uh, hopefully. But anyway, this has been Fleshing Out Fantasy. I hope this was helpful. I swear this is for a reason. I just kind of can't get into the details yet. But I hope you enjoyed. And uh, remember Frost Draft when you need to join an adventuring party.